one thing is that um the fact that we don't really see a black woman being like the definitive lead of a comic book and i wasn't thinking in those terms i was just writing about this human being who's having an extraordinary experience and the fact that we're just like oh like like oh like there's no black women who are in comic books and i'm like oh my god there's storm and there's and they're like no but it's, it's not a storm comic it's an x-men comic i'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the let's get a podcast i'm your host zeke and in this episode i have david quasson this is about his comic series Harry Tumman, Demon Slayer. You can find out more about his series by clicking the link in the description below. I'll leave a content warning for intro and language used in the episode, and hope you have a nice day, and enjoy the show. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So, the first question is, what would your origin story be, and how would you like to represent it? Uh, my origin story... Um, it would be a very superhero comic book coming of age story on the same human experience on like the level of like nothing because it's, it's not like too heavy like Batman, but it, it it would be like on that just because I love this superhero. It would be on, on the level of Superman and Spider-Man because it'd be that that happy balance. And uh, I think I said this already, but I would choose like a, it would be very much like a superhero coming of age story. And I don't mean like a superhero, like I'm better than everyone else and all that shit. But I mean like these superheroes that we love, the reason, their victory is their own, like their internal struggle and that they learn to accept themselves and love themselves like for their strengths and their flaws because they're not perfect people. Um, yeah. So that, that's it, basically. Oh, you're on mute. Nice. So, nice. So with that, we can go into the questions of why you became a writer and why I chose comics. I became a writer. Uh, I've always been a fan of comic books, and I grew up reading um, a lot of the DC books. Like my dad got me into Death of Superman. Uh, That's the first comic book I ever read was Superman being beaten to death. Thanks, Dad. Uh, the very appropriate for a six-year-old. Uh, so yeah, that was the first book I ever read, and I was really taken by it. So, and also like. This is this is before when I would just read novels and I was I didn't know what a sequel was. I just I was used to just one off like one and done type of stories. So I was like, damn, Superman's dead. Like like my, my young ass believed that shit. I was like, yo, he's never coming back. Cause like people don't come back from the dead. So then like I just had to like, I was like, yo, what's gonna happen to this world without Superman? Like, what whoa. Like that was real. It was like a real person died. So, yeah, I just kind of like got interested in comics through that um, and got into even like into Batman and into um, Spider-Man 
like those were my like top three it was it was superman batman and spider-man and i thought spider-man's like spider-man's reason for becoming a superhero was really intriguing to me because it's like yeah it's, it's your fault <laughs> like and i just thought like that language of with great power comes great responsibility like we like we, we all hate hearing that shit now because of the movies but like yeah like i was maybe like i mean i think i was i was eight when i read spider-man for the first time and like with great power comes great responsibility it's like oh shit that like that, that's like a beautiful piece of dialogue like like really thinking about that and i kind of wish I think I hope someone has asked him about it before he passed away. Like Stanley, like, yeah, where'd you get that from? That's a very like, cause that's a very like virtuous grab, like gravitas thing to put in a comic book. Great power, great responsibility. And, um, and that's how we should all be as far as human beings with accountability. And, um, and I think that that's just like what a superhero is. But like, but yeah, I kind of just thought comic books were fun. It was a fun medium to read. And also like, I used to get bored from reading like books a lot. Cause I just, I'm very visual as a learner. So, so yeah, I just kind of was, uh, uh, th that's how I got into it. And I kind of would write my own little, I would draw my own comic strips as a kid and I was a terrible artist. But I would like make little like comic strips just for fun, and um, and then just coming up with the idea for Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Uh, I think when I was like much older, like I, I was kind of getting into writing. I was like, like when I was in college, I took like a screenwriting course, and I, I, I just loved filmmaking, and I wanted to write movies. So my parents got me this book called The Screenwriter's Bible. When I was 13 and kind of like learned about writing scripts through that. Um, and then going to film school, I went to Academy of Art University. And then uh, what's it called? Yeah, I, I thought I was going to write TV shows and movies. And uh, we went to school for acting. So I wanted to, I wanted to act in those things, too. So I thought, OK, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be an actor and maybe I'll write or maybe I'll direct. Um, but then got this idea for Harriet Tubman slaying demons. And I, it was just a funny idea to me. So I was like, oh, what if Harriet Tubman knew martial arts and demons and witches and werewolves all exist? And Harriet Tubman is the chosen one to fight all that stuff. So like, that's where I kind of like, um, that's where I got all my ideas from. And then uh, having been a fan of comic books my whole life, um, I think when I was traveling, I stumbled upon this book at an airport, and it was like how to write comic books from my one of my favorite comic writers, Brian Michael Bendis. And uh, I was like, oh shit! Like, I'm like Brian Michael Bendis, favorite writer. I'm gonna buy this book. Well, not here because it's expensive as hell at the airport. That's how they get you. It was like it was like eighty eight dollars. I was like, fuck that shit. I'm gonna buy this on Amazon for like eleven dollars. Shoot. Um, which is what I did and just read, you know, the uh, connection of writing screenplays and writing comic books. It's very similar. Both are very visual, but I think you have to be even more specific 
and even more succinct when you're writing a comic book. Like when you're writing a comic, like when you write a screenplay, you can you can kind of put enough to kind of fill in everyone's imagination. With a comic book, you really got to be like, you know, like specific. Like if if this was like a drawing, I'd be like, all right, uh, the panel Zeke is in panel two and is listening intently. And uh, panel three is David. For some odd reason, he's wearing his coat indoors. Um, his hair is nappy as hell or some shit. Uh, you, you have to like write that shit in, in it um, and be very descriptive, but very succinct at the same time. Because you, you don't want to like, uh, as a writer, it's, you have to remember someone else is going to draw this. Um, so you don't want to like overly give them stuff to do, but you don't want to like underdo it so it's kind of like a it's a happy medium like i think yeah i think some things i'll I'll, you know come 50 percent in the script but then i'll probably like email like references of what i want the comic to look like or certain things that i want um but yeah that's pretty much uh that's, that's pretty much it nice let's unpack all of that so when you explain to my Harry Tubman and Demon Slayer, what was like their first response? Please say again. What is somebody's first response to Harry Tubman and Demon Slayer when you try to print um pitch the idea to them? Oh yeah, I think the first person uh well actually, yeah, the first person that I think one of the first people that I approached was my was my friend, was Nicholas Draper Ivy, who does the static book. And he kind of was like, oh, I'm kind of busy, but I, I, he's, he's like, I'm not touching that. That's Harry Tubman. Uh, and it, it, it's okay. Later on, he, he did a cover uh, for Chapter 5. But um, I think uh, the next person was Cortland Ellis, is who I approached. And uh, I approached Cortland about just doing like the full-blown series. And his, his, his reaction was hilarious, because he was just like, yeah, we're going to get in trouble. Let's do it. Like, like that was his exact reaction, and so I was like, "All right, cool." So he was on board. But uh, yeah, I just think that um, yeah, when, whenever I would pitch it, it would just be like, "Wait, you, you want to do what?" And I didn't think it was that deep. Like to me, I, I was like, I was like, "Yo, like we just had Abraham Lincoln hunting vampires. Like, like, like it, it ain't that. It wasn't that." To me, I didn't think I was doing anything like, like, oh, I. Like, look at when I reinvented the wheel. Like, it wasn't like that. I just thought it was fun. And I got the idea out of something fun, basically. So, uh, yeah, but people were just like, how dare you do this? How can you do this to Harriet Tubman? How dare you do this, David? You're crazy. Like, there was, there was a lot of that shit. I was like, I was like, yeah, everyone calm the fuck down. Um, but yeah, it's either, it's like, it's 50% like, it's fifty percent like shock and fifty percent excitement. <laughs> I could definitely see that. It's just like somebody who's like a historical figure, everybody wanna give the most respect, and then you just like, what if you give them more power? And just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like I'm like people thought I was trying to like I can understand if I made like if it was Harriet Tubman twerking on ice or some shit. If it, if it was Harry, yeah, if it, yeah, if it was Harry and something twerkalator, like 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 then I could see why people would be upset. But I'm like, oh, I'm trying to just celebrate 
this historical figure. And also really what's the, the funniest part to me was like, you know, it's called Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. It's a funny title, but I was legit just trying to tell like, like a bare bones biography about this person and keep it as grounded as possible um, and still like have fun with it, you know? Um, but yeah, like I just wanted to tell the story about Harriet and uh, and do it in a fun way and do it in a genre way. And I love comic books. Um, so I wanted to just kind of use that medium first because um, that's that's like like I grew up as a fan. Like the I learned how to read from comic books. You know, most people are like, oh, I learned how to read from school. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I learned how to read from school, but like the first one of the first things I read was like death. <laughs> it's fine. The first things I learned how to read were Death of Superman and Berenstain Bears, or Berenstain Bears, or Berenstain, uh, what, whatever the the, the the bear family. <laughs> like that's how I learned how to read. So I'm like, oh, why not like do this? You know, but yeah. Yeah, because it was a TikTok of you at the um, anime NYC, and it was like, way no way. On oh, yeah, like, way no way, boy. And I'm like, <laughs> what's a, yeah, that was whole, you know, I, I got a little bad because, like, uh, my friend David Gazzo, he was there helping me out. And he, you, you saw him, you met him. Uh, he, he's just there to help me, like, with counting money and, like, giving people the, the comics and all that stuff so I can, like, just be there and be a personality to talk to people. And uh, he, like, people thought in the video that he was the creator of it. And I'm like, no. And I'm glad people in the comments were like, oh, the black dude's the creator. But some people were, were still trying to, like, hate on it regardless. They're like, we're still going to hate on this anyway. And I'm like, I was like, man, y'all trying too hard. But, uh, but yeah, like, I... It, it is what it is. I think the more you do something, if people don't have a strong reaction to whatever you create, then like you're doing something wrong. You know, like I'm glad that now that this kind of gets people either, it's either people are really, again, people are either shocked and outraged or they're excited and they're like, oh, this is fun. So you're getting people's attention no matter what. So you gotta, you gotta do stuff. I'm not saying like, I didn't make this bug because I'm like, look at me, give me attention. Like it started out and just like, oh, I want to make something fun that I would read. And also, and then it evolved into, uh, it evolved into, um, you know, I, I kind of want to do this to make black people feel good and to scare racist white people, you know? Definitely. And what kind of, when people read it, what kind of like messages or like symbolism that they get that you didn't intend for them to get? One thing is that um, the fact that we don't really see a black woman being like the definitive lead of a comic book. And I wasn't thinking in those terms. I was just writing about this human being who's having an extraordinary experience. And the fact that people are just like, oh, like, like, oh, like, there's no black women who are in comic books. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, yo, there's Storm. And there's, and they were like, no, but it's, it's not a Storm comic. It's an X-Men comic. 
And I was like, oh, well, there's like Michonne. I'm like, yeah, but Michonne's not in the title. It's Walking Dead, you know? Or I'm like, I'm like oh, well, there's Shuri and, and there's like the Dormilaz. Like, yeah, but like, and like, that would be love Black Panther. It's like, it's called Black Panther. So like the fact that, okay, I'm like, oh, like I'm making a comic book where the definitive lead is a petite, dark-skinned black woman. Um, and I kind of have like little arguments with certain people. Like, uh, I think I had one artist who was from Europe who didn't know who Harriet Tubman was. And they made Harriet very light-skinned, like almost white. And I'm like, yeah, like, please use these types of browns when you're coloring area please use coffee <laughs> or or chocolate and that is it <laughs> when you are coloring this person uh unless it's worth unless we're doing a page where it's at night and there's a moonlight shade on that that i'm like fine whatever but like you know a lot of people like i had to like kind of fight with people about harriet's skin tone and like, or like, 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 they just couldn't like understand it or get it. And I'm like, I'm like, is that like a sub, a subconscious thing? Um, yeah, like, uh, but yeah, just kind of, I, I didn't expect people just to uh, hone in on that part. Then for me, I'm like, oh, like, like, yeah, like, there's no or not, but I think now they have like a Shuri book, and now they have a Storm book, and now they have an Ironheart book. But the, those are like rare. Like, there wasn't a Storm book in the 70s. You know, there wasn't even a Shuri book in the late 90s and 2000s. Like, there was a Shuri book because, you know, the movie came out and uh, Tisha Wright did a good job. Ryan Coogler, they all did a good job executing that character. So, so that's why that happened. You know, so kind of like, because um, before when I, when I make this comic, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just having fun. This is dope. But now it's it's a little bit of a responsibility uh, because like a lot of little girls are reading this and um, little girls and little boys are also reading this. And for people to say like, oh, I see myself when I read your comic. Um, you know, I never really thought, like I never thought of it like that. So I'm like, oh my God, Ryan's comic having fun uh, making it with some cool creative folks who i collaborate with i'm like oh like like a little girl's gonna read this and like she's gonna like think of herself in a certain way to have more confidence in herself um so i kind of have to go into there has to be like a little bit of a level of uh seriousness (laughs) when i make this and also um though i like when i'm doing research I'm thinking, oh, I'm just researching for myself to be a better writer, but I'm like, oh, like, I gotta, like, I'm putting, like, real things that happen to this person. They're like, yeah, we have fun, because there's werewolves and demons and stuff, so sometimes I can, like, I'm relieved of the responsibility of telling, like, the true story of Harriet Tubman Demon, Harriet Tubman, because, like, it's Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer, so I can, like, have a lot of fun, but, like, oh, people are gonna, like, feel inclined to do some research on the real Harriet Tubman to see, like, to see about her story and see how this kind of connects with her story. Um, so yeah, like, uh, there is a level of, I think it's like, it's like 30% like it's 70% like I'm having a lot, a lot of fun doing this and 30% like, okay, I want to be like serious and responsible 
uh, while doing this. So yeah. Cool. And with the responsibility, how did you like first react to it? Were you like, were you first like, people have really taken into this? Oh, I was scared, boy. I was scared because like. <laughs> I'm like usually like a, like I don't take myself really seriously. I crack jokes and goof around, so I, I just like I'm like I'm very like I'm very loose with with myself as a human being. But with my work, I'm like I'm like oh I got to be serious about it. So like there was a lot of fear and a lot of like on my days where I write, you know, I'm like. I was like, man, I don't, don't want to leave this bed. <laughs> like, I kind of want to just like lay in bed and just kind of like chill out for a day. But I'm like, no, I, I got to make this book. And it was like, so yeah, there was a little bit of fear. So just taking it one step at a time and then kind of like, but then you, there's the one thing is, as, as I think when you're creating anything or doing anything that, you know, a lot of people are going to either read or see potentially you can't put too much pressure on yourself because if you put too much pressure on yourself you're not going to do it so it's like be scared give your give yourself a moment to be scared and be human and then be like all right i gotta forget this shit because i got i got work to do got it definitely can see that and so with collaborating people and you said earlier how you had to like explain to them Sometimes based on like different um backgrounds, like who Harry Tubman is, and you have to fight to, with them, like, no, this is really it. So how do you like choose the people you work with? With me, I choose them based on who's a good storyteller and also who can draw black people, just keeping it real. Um because sometimes like you get people and you're like, I was like, man, they don't know any black people in their life. <laughs> or like they don't reference black people uh, I think there was one artist who well there's one artist who we had to do a thing with hair in one of the issues and I'm like this guy kind of lives in a very white town so but what I liked about this artist <laughs> I won't say his name to embarrass him he's a great guy great artist uh, but he was really, he really wanted to educate himself in black woman's hair and how black woman's hair looks like when it either is uh, doing certain things, with whether it's being braided and stuff like that. So I had to send him a bunch of pictures and like send him pictures of, of like, I think, a, I think one of my sister and one with um, uh, a friend of mine who has hair like the characters in my book. And just like, you know, working with that, working in that way. Um, but yeah, I think the only like, I think there was one European artist, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to shade him, because he, he, he doesn't know much about American culture. Even though I sent him my comic book, I was just like, yo, uh, need you to do this thing for a series. I'm a big fan of your work. And he was like, oh, cool. And when I told him who about Harriet Tubman and who she was, like he like drew a white woman. I was like, I was like, yo, she ain't white. What the fuck is this? And I think he just couldn't believe it. Part of me was like, I was like, yo, does he think a white, like a, a black person can't do this? Like I got like low key kind of insulted, but I'm like, okay, he he just doesn't know who Harriet Tubman is. So 
I gotta like, but I'm like, yo, it's a, she's a black woman. And then when, and then he, when I kept saying she's a black woman, he's like, oh, he's like got it, got it, got it. They made her a light skinned black woman. I'm like, yo, she's dark. Like, did you not see the cover of issue one? It's a dark skinned black woman. We blatantly, Corlin Ellis, we blatantly did that on purpose. And uh, yeah, he just wasn't getting it. It took like, I think we did like seven drafts of colors. Because then it got like kind of offensive because then he like made her black, black. He like made her like freaking uh, like black and red lips. I'm like, yo, brother, take it back. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, like that's like some menstrual show bullshit. You better take it back and off. So I, I said chocolate, chocolate brown, not tar brown, chocolate brown. Um, but yeah, so I think it's an education for them. You have to be patient with people. Um, and you have to be communicative and uh, hold strong to your vision a lot. Um, because sometimes I'm like. Sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I just want to get this done. It's not that big of a deal. It's like, no, 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 you really got to, like, get it right. You know, you don't want people looking back. Because there are some things I'm like, I'm like, man, that kind of bones me out. I don't like how that looks. Um, so trying to get it right. Because, like, comics take a lot of work and they take a lot of time. And a lot of it is you, you just really want to get things right on the first try. So, Yeah. <laughs> with that with the like the writing process what's kind of your writing process uh, i write in a notepad first just to get all the ideas out there and then uh and then i type it out and then i send it to my editor and she'll kind of like give some notes my editor is sharonda j brown amazing editor amazing black woman editor and she'll edit through things and then uh we send to the we send it to the um to whoever's illustrating, then they draw it. And then sometimes with context with the art involved, we're like, okay, we got we we gotta see how maybe the dialogue isn't flowing as smoothly, or 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 maybe the dialogue works differently now because we have um the art. Maybe I maybe because the art is so good, I don't need to have dialogue here. You know, so you go through that process. So, like, you're consistently creating and consistently writing. Like, I know issue six, we're, like, pretty much done. We just finished all the letters on it. And um, I'm home now, and I'm going to, like, pull it up and just kind of, like, look through some of the letters and be like, hey, like, fix that, get rid of that. You know, so, like, the process is, like, never done. You know, you're, you're con- consistently um working on it and then when it's done and it gets sent to the printer it's like all right we have to start this process again because i just finished this i finished the script for issue seven so it's like okay i gotta i gotta do this again (laughs) (laughs) you know um but yeah it's it's a fun it's still like uh, my worst day making this comic is i think better than like my best day working one of my like survival jobs when, when either I worked in an office or when I worked as a waiter at a restaurant. Um, yeah. So like, I, I enjoy this though. Though I'm like, your boy's kind of exhausted. You know, your boy's like on his second energy drink and coffee. Mm. 
but uh, I would not. I wouldn't try. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade it for anything because I love it. Definitely got to find anything that you passionate about. Yes, and yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what question I have about creating is like, will you try to write about like when your characters aren't like your identity? How do you write about? How do you write them? They are your identity. <laughs> well, like, oh, oh I, you just have to just put yourself in their. You got, you got to like look from the lens of their eyes, and put your feet in their shoes and walk around them for a little bit, and see how it feels, you know, and and really, uh, and also like, just kind of meditate on it. Just have some quiet time with yourself, like. Your characters talk to you when you kind of like, when you just kind of like, you have, you have just really, yeah, you really just have to just open yourself up to it. You know, like, you know, I'm writing about like demons and werewolves and racist people, you know, and uh, you have to kind of find, I mean, with some racist people, I'm like, you know, I ain't trying to find the nuance and shit. Fuck that. I'm going to make them look like assholes. Fuck that. I want them to have good dialogue. But like, you know, part of it, I'm like, okay, I still got to like, find out why people are a certain way and just researching racism and most racism starts because also they hate themselves is something that no one talks about like all these trump people like hate themselves or they have a certain weird phobia um like i, I was just talking about this with a buddy of mine whenever we see like a black person on like fox news they're always like going crazier than the other white people commenting on something. Like I think I forget this dude's name. He's like a he's on Fox News. He's a gay he's a gay black man, and he always like when he always oh he always like overdoes shit when they're talking or talking about police. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is the problem? And I'm like, oh, this dude hates himself. He really wants to be accepted, so he has to like really be even more passionate about hating like his own race of people because he's black and he's gay so i'm like trying to get underneath like the psychology of that and a lot of that can just stem from you know i think pe people either do it because they want money or they weren't loved a lot as a child or accepted a lot as a as a child so they have to kind of find a way to um, make it work as an adult because they don't want to go to therapy and uh, or like they've been doing this for such a long time like you know if this dude turned around and was just like this uh, this gay black man who's on Fox News all the time if he was just like yo I don't want to I've decided to be a liberal and shit like you know they would quickly like get rid of him because like you know cooning never pays in the end, and also, yo, as a as a black person who's liberal, I'm like, yo, I don't want you back. I don't want you here because you've been tap dancing and cooning. So, but yeah, I think like, yeah, most racism and all that stuff it just dwells from your own lack of self acceptance because they don't sleep at night. And also, racist people age badly. Like, yeah, have you seen like white racist people? Like, like, damn, like, I, we were making jokes about Kyle Rittenhouse's mom, 
And like, I forgot this black dude on Twitter was like, yo, I'm the same age. I think it was, it was a black woman. She posted a picture of herself at Kyle Rittenhouse's mom. And she's like, we're the same age. And this black woman is like, looks like she's 18. And the Kyle Rittenhouse's mom looks like she's 77 years old. Uh, but yeah, hate just makes you, <laughs> hate ages your ass. So don't be problematic. Like, look, look at Paul Rudd, y'all. He ain't problematic. He's looked the same since 1994. That's what happens. Got it. And then let's go take it back to the beginning. So when you say you was like a bad artist, most people think that like, they have to be good at art to be a comedy writer. What kind of helped you not think that way? I, I, like, like, I, like I know for a fact I can't draw this shit. <laughs> I know, but like, I can draw. I draw funny cartoons or whatever. But I, I know for a fact I can't draw this shit. But. Uh, but I do know I am good at picking good artists. I am a good art director. So when it comes to choosing artists, I am I, I, I trust my taste as a person who's read comic books uh, since he was six years old. Like I have I I have a good eye for who can actually do it, who can actually execute it, and also I have a good eye for who can't do it. Um, I think the only thing that I, I think one of the things I got to work on is kind of like putting people in a, like if someone draws something and I don't like it and I don't think it's their best work, I have to be more mindful of how to give them direction. Um, like I think there was there on this most recent issue, the artist, uh, I think one artist, he, Mateo, his name is Matteo Illuminati, great artist. And I think he, it wasn't that the art was bad. I just didn't like the angle at which he chose to show this, this, I, it's a spoiler. So I can't, I gotta be careful. It's a big spoiler. So I don't want to, so I had to be mindful of like, okay, I don't want it to, huh? I don't want, I don't like this angle because it just makes the character look kind of weird. So I said, hey, can you kind of like, have it instead of it being like a weird angle like this you have to be like more of a straight on thing and you have to say that very specifically and very be very succinct like say less like less is less is more and and he fixed it and it looked a hundred times better because i think when you're making a comic when you're making art you have to do whatever is the most dramatic and the most impactful and I think, and that's not that that's not shitting on him. He, he picked an angle that I didn't think was leaving much impact on me as like a person reading it visually. Um, so he just he just changed the angle of something, and I gave him a reference of like because sometimes like when it comes to comics, I don't I have trouble communicating it. So I'm like, um, so I was like, fuck it. So I think I pulled something out from another comic, and that was like. I said, like this, but not like this. Don't carbon copy it, but I want this angle is what I'm thinking about. And he was like, got it. He came back like 10 minutes later and was like, what do you think of this? And I was like, a hundred times better. You know? So, yeah. But you have to be, when you make the, when you make your comics, when you make books, you have to be 50% like an excited fan and 50% like, like critical about it 
because you know like this when we do this when it's colored when it's ink and it's sent to the printer it's going to be there forever and we can't go back and change it um and like yeah like there's there's little things and other issues that like like bug me to this day that i'm like fuck i wish i like i wish we like changed that up because that like that fucking bums me out but um but yeah Definitely, I guess, as a formal graphic designer, you'll definitely see both sides of how to say what you want and then receive what you what the other person wants. Yeah, yeah. You And it's not like, you know, you, you can't, it's not a personal thing. You're not, like, trying to attack the person. You're just trying to, like, be like, hey, like, we're just trying to serve this god that is the comic, you know, and uh, taking, it's not about me, not about him it's about us and like we're a team on this and we're collaborating on it you know and thankfully like if i give a note he'll be like hey can you give me more direction or can you like explain that a little bit more specifically because i don't understand um because you have to kind of help and accommodate everyone like i i think on issue three the artist Syl- Syl- sylvain repo who's an amazing artist he did not speak a word of English. So I was like, shit. And I had no idea he didn't speak a word of English because I, I found him on Instagram and Instagram has a translator on. So when we did the Kickstarter and everything like that and like I paid him and I was really excited about him doing issue three, he just was like, oh, um, I don't speak English. And I was like, what? He's like, can you send me the script in, in French? And I was like, what? So it's like, so I had to like, th- thankfully, like there's something called uh, Adobe, uh, Adobe Reader it allows you if you upload it, it uh, translate, you can put it on a translator thing. But it took me like weeks to figure that out. Um, and had to rewrite the script to make it very simple and very bare bones, uh, uh, just so he didn't have too much trouble with translating it. But yeah, like. She was a challenge for for your boy. <laughs> One of the things she's never think about is like, would I have to translate this? It's like one of the small things. Yeah, yeah, man. It can be like like those little fickle things. Like I was like, oh shit, I gotta like, hey, I gotta, because I sometimes I put slang in my comics. I'm like, yo, make this epic as fuck, and I'll say that shit, you know. But I'm like, okay, I gotta like, at, that might translate differently if I say it in French and then there was a lot of that. So he would draw something and I was like, yo, what the fuck? Why did you draw it like that? He's like, well, you said this. And then I would have to look up what my language would translate or what this specific slang that we all know as Americans. And I'm like, oh wait, okay. That's why. So, so there there was like, there was some things we had to redraw. Uh, Not a lot. There was like, I think two, I think there was three panels where I'm like, Hey man, I meant this. I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm really sorry. And, and like, he, and he was he was super professional. Um, and he did he did a he did a great job on that comic. Um, the whole, he killed it actually. Um, then he got busy doing this other comic book, so he could come back anyway. But yeah, man, you you have to be you you have to be a hundred percent communicative. You have to be. Also, like, I don't know, for me, I'm like, people are also doing me a favor because they're drawing my script and they're taking, like, 
it might take give or take it might take me a couple of weeks to write like to, to write a comic and it might take them a couple of months to draw it um because everyone's process is different but again everyone's process is, is different like issue two it took me two weeks to write it i thought it was going to take me a for some reason i thought issue two was going to take me a long time to write but it's a very fast paced like issue so it took me like two weeks to write it it was actually going to be longer but then i was like wait i think i'm going to end it on a cliffhanger on a very specific cliffhanger i was like, wait, I, I, I gotta end it here this is perfect and the artist on it joey vasquez he was he is crazy fast i think he's the fastest artist i've ever worked with um because i think like he he had the first like 13 pages done in a month and i was like yo dude chill relax um because it was like in january i was like i was like yo brother take it back a few notches um but he was moving like crazy fast i was like bro you're fast as hell chill um but yeah Oof, damn got it and take it back even further so what how did you learn like the publishing process in the, as a whole um i learned through youtube i looked up this white woman who uh <laughs> i forget her name now that's kind of bad i was like you know this white woman but, but no i think i just looked up how to self okay so gonna, gonna take it take a sip of this energy drink right quick uh all right so i thought I was gonna be able to get a publisher because my I did the I did the Kickstarter and the Kickstarter was successful. So my arrogant self, or no, I'm not say arrogant. I just didn't know. I thought, okay, I got the money to make the comic. It should be easy for me to get a publisher, just like that. And people love my comic, and I was all over the news. So I thought, okay, I'll easily get Image or Dark Horse just to publish this, and it'll be fine. That did not happen. Because there's a there's a hundred other me's out there who either made more money than me or who are uh, emailing them. So I was like, shit. So this is like this is difficult. This is hard. So I didn't know I was gonna have to self publish it until like. Um, so I think I was focused. I was really honed in on one publisher particularly, and then um, that they 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 passed on me. So I was like, all right, um, I guess I'll just self-publish this. And uh, so I, but I was like, I don't know how to self-publish it. I don't, know what, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I just Googled, I think I looked it up on YouTube because we learn everything on YouTube now. Like freaking, like <laughs> if you if you grew up without a daddy, you got the YouTube as your daddy. Like you, know, you, you, you gotta use, uh, how, how do I tie a Windsor not tie? YouTube. How do I change my oil? YouTube. How do I change my tire? YouTube. How do I self-publish a comic book series? YouTube. And uh, um, so I go on YouTube and like this woman just kind of broke it down. She was like, yo, buy a barcode, buy an ISBN number, assign your ISBN uh, number and, and accounts to your comic and uh, take it from there. And you can self-publish on Comixology. You can self-publish on, uh, I think this is before Webtoon was as big as it is, and uh, Amazon. So, Or you can just like, you know, 
get it printed yourself at a printer house and take it from there. So that's what I did basically. Um, and like, and that, that was a big learning curve. I think that took me a couple of months to get and understand. Uh, I'm still like learning it. Cause like sometimes I don't know, cause I have to do it every single time a comic comes out and every comic, when it comes out, it's like few and far, a few months and far between because of writing it, getting the artist to draw it. Um, it, it takes a minute. And then, uh, and then I'm like, then I'm like, Oh wait, fuck. How do I do this again? I, I totally forgot how to do this. I'm like, shit. Ha, 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 uh, so like, yeah, just kind of reteaching myself those those little things but yeah but basically it's like getting your barcodes your isbn numbers or buying or buying multiple ones and um assigning them to each chapter of your comic book um and then distributing either like the way i got my comic books in stores was a very humbling experience of just calling them just cold calling bookstores and just saying like hi i'm david i write harry come to demon slayer uh would you like to carry this you know or thankfully sometimes they would discover the book through me being on a podcast talking to you or uh or like you know they see it on the news or something like that thankfully so <laughs> That's how it. That's how it. That's how it works. That's how it. I said that's how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> kind of. Got it. So I'm gonna wind this down. Give us time to do other things. So again, see my mom. She loved the books. She still has them. Oh, awesome! <laughs> she read them. Was like, oh my god, she's reading. And then, that's good. Awesome. Because when I seen them, I was really thought about um, um, Abraham Lincoln, the Vampire Hunter. I was like, she liked that movie. This would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad she liked it. I'm glad she read the book. That's awesome. And then, so the last question is, what would you name your origin story? Uh, I would name my origin story. My origin story. I would name it, hmm, hmm. I'm quiet because I'm thinking. Um, hmm. Just Dave. <laughs> Just Dave. Yeah. Or, no, 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 fuck that. Uh, the superhero. <laughs> I would make a dynamic Dave. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah, that's what I would call it. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you again for joining the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. Anytime. That brings another episode of the Let's Get Podcast so close. Again, you can find more information about Heavy Time and Demon Slayer by clicking the link in the description below. For next week, I'm my friend Muhammad to speak about the different possibilities of the metaverse. Hope you continue a nice day, and I hope to see you there.